0: been told them they shall see and what they had not heard they shall consider behold my servant my servant he is a king who is a servant now we often put those terms together and in leadership training leaders are often instructed to actually be servants we we often in in explaining uh, power and the way a corporation or a military organization or a government or anything, we often use the uh, visual of a pyramid. And we put the president of that country or that corporation or the, the military leader or the king, we put them at the top of the pyramid and then on down that pyramid. And at the very bottom of the pyramid are the peasants or the guys out in the in the factory actually putting the pieces together, whatever, however you want to envision that, and that that's, there's not a problem with that, except that in the reality in the reality of God's kingdom and the reality of a good functioning organization, you take that pyramid and you turn it upside down. Because the person actually bearing the full responsibility, ultimately the one upon whom the whole weight, the whole load descends, is the one who is. we visualize is at the head, is actually at the bottom when it comes to responsibility and commitment. And so it is with our Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God, who is at the head, But also the one carrying all the weight who is the servant of servants and as we spent two years going through matthew's gospel what does jesus say incessantly to his apostles i want you to be children i want you to be servants 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 john chapter 13 jesus in the upper room washes their feet That is the most powerful picture of being a servant in that culture. It was considered the most demeaning job one person could do for another. And if you were a a wealthy man with slaves or servants... The servant or slave who was given the job of washing the feet of the guests who came to your banquet was was the lowest of the lowest of the lowest servant. It was considered demeaning to have anything to do with anybody's feet. You remember a few years ago when George W. Bush was president and he went to Iraq and he was holding a press conference and this Iraq, this Middle Eastern journalist stood up and he threw his shoe At George W., that is an insult. Anything having to do with the feet is considered demeaning. And if you knew what the condition of the streets and roads were in the Middle East, especially in Jesus' day, where they threw their chamber pots right from the second floor out into the street, and people walked from place to place through what were literal sewers. You can understand how nobody wanted to do that job. And the apostles had refused to wash one another's feet as they came into that upper room. And Jesus laid aside his garment, girded himself with a towel, got a basin, and he started washing feet. And they were all shocked and embarrassed for him he got halfway around the table when he came to peter and peter said you're not washing my feet if i do not wash you you have no part with me well then my hands and my head too no he did that i have said and he says i have given you an example follow my example he was the authentic true servant leader and he was about to go to the cross and suffer pain and shame both That was what met their eyes. And what was invisible to their eyes was even much more painful than they would ever see. Behold, my servant shall deal prudently, wisely. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. The song that we heard at the beginning of this worship service, he will rise. He will rise. Jesus came out of that tomb and was raised to the right hand of the Father. All authority, all power in heaven and on earth given to him. He will be exalted and extolled. He will be, he will be exalted and we will speak words of worship and praise to him and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you. And this is probably a reference to Isaiah himself because he was horribly mistreated by the Jewish leadership. Horribly mistreated. In fact, he would ultimately, we know from Jewish history, it's not in the scripture, we know from, he was ultimately going to be stuffed in a hollow log and sawn in two by orders of, the order of King Manasseh. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. When Herod, when the Jewish leadership brought Jesus to Pilate and Pilate found out that Jesus was a Galilean, he sent him immediately to Herod, who was there in Jerusalem at the time, and Herod and Jesus would not answer Herod. And Herod's soldiers beat Jesus' face. They beat him. His visage was marred more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. In so doing, he shall sprinkle or startle. And it's probably a word that can be translated either way. Both are true. His blood, just as the blood of the Passover lamb would be sprinkled on the altar which coincided with Jesus' own crucifixion, by the way. That's what's happening in the temple as Passover lambs are being examined while he's being examined by Pilate. And then the Passover lambs are being slain once they have passed the test of being perfect and worthy of sacrifice. And that blood is sprinkled on the altar, but also... Is that not startling? What king offers himself up unto his death for the sake of his followers, a servant king? Because of that, kings shall shut their mouths at him, For what had not been told them, they've never heard of a king like this. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. These kings will be instructed in what true, true regal action looks like they will find out what a real king does that in fact the pyramid is inverted and he carries the whole load. Without him, the task is never done. And Jesus does for us what we could not do as we will close our worship service today. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow, and the very report that causes these kings to draw back in wonder that 's the first line of chapter fifty three who has believed our report, and who has the arm, the strength to whom has the arm, the strength of the Lord been revealed? Wait a minute, if Je- is Jesus not walking in weakness he 's arrested. He's given illegal, unjust trials. Even Pilate washes his hands. I, I find no fault in this man. I'm washing my, my hands of the guilt of this. Who has believed our report? You hear this and it's, what? What king, what leader has ever done this? For his people and to whom has the arm the strength of the the strength of the lord this looks like the ultimate picture of weakness oh no 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 just the opposite as jesus was in the garden of gethsemane he is off praying by himself and the pressure on him is so heavy what he knows awaits him is so heavy that his Capillaries are bursting, he is sweat, and he is sweating, and the blood is mixing with his sweat as he is stepping forward into this work of serving the needs of the entire human race. Doing for us what we could in no way even begin to do for ourselves, for none of us is a lamb worthy of. To whom has the strength of the Lord been revealed? Jesus walked in the strength of God through this shameful as well as painful experience. How did this story begin? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. There's nothing that would draw our attention to this. Jesus, the Nazarene, what good thing has ever come out of Nazareth, said Jesus' opponents. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. I am so, 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 so grateful we do not have a physical description of Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine the wicked idolatry that would be going as bad enough with the imagined pictures and portraits of Jesus that we have. If we had an actual description, physical description of Jesus, people would be already, they would be falling down in front of idols, even worse than they are now. God, in his wisdom, you know, the only people I can think of in the Scripture, David, who was ready, it says, that's it, and Goliath. And there was also some king there that they, we were told how long his bed was. <laughs> because he was a really tall fellow. That's it. No physical, of all the things written about Jesus, not one word about his physical appearance. Thank you, God. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised devalued. What does it mean to despise him? You place no value on it. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we, Isaiah speaking on behalf of the Jewish people here, we hid as it were our faces from him. But of course it applies to every human being. We hid as it were our faces from him he is despi- He was despised again. That word we had. We placed no value on him, and we did not esteem him. That was the as in Isaiah speaking on behalf of the nation of Israel. We placed no value on him. Here is a man who walked on water. Here is a man who calmed the storm. Here is a man who cleansed lepers of their leprosy, cast out demons. He raised the dead. Look at all the mighty works that Jesus did. And they were everybody saw, I mean, thousands and thousands. We, we don't know how many miracles he did, I would dare say, well in excess of a thousand. They brought to him, I love this in Matthew's gospel. By the way, the further he got from Jerusalem, the greater his welcome was. The very first instance where it's talking about Jesus' massive healing ministry, they're bringing people to him from Syria to the north east of Galilee. That's Gentile territory, and the Gentiles are bringing their demon possessed, their lame, to Jesus. Their lepers to Jesus and he is cleansing them cleansing them healing them he did he healed hundreds or thousands of people. And it was right there in front of the eyes of the Jewish leadership, so much so that there is this one fellow, he cast the demon out of this deaf and dumb spirit out of this man and the whole crowd, massive number of people there. Surely this is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. And the Jewish leaders, he's doing that by the power of Satan. He's casting out Satan by the power of Satan. <laughs> and Jesus, oh, really? <laughs> you could hear Jesus laughing. So Satan has turned on Satan. That's what you're telling me, right? That's the logic of what you're saying. Yeah, right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Every time the Jewish leadership tried to hem Jesus in, try to corner him, they ended up fleeing with their tail between their legs because they were so so ridiculous. He did all these miracles the last one we find in john's gospel is the raising of lazarus from the dead lazarus lived in bethany a suburb of jerusalem he was known to all of the jewish leadership and he was dead four days when they he's been in the tomb for four days in the jewish culture They had this, I don't know where they got this. You know, the spirit of a person just kind of hovers around that person after they died for about three days. Day four, they're dead, 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 dead. By everybody's definition, they're dead, 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 dead. And when Jesus says to the sister of Lazarus, let's roll the stone away, she said, oh, no, Jesus, he stinks. By now, he really, really, really stinks. This is not a good idea. And Jesus says, did I not tell you that you would see? the glory of God. All right. They rolled the stone away. Lazarus come forth. It was such a powerful testimony that the Jewish leadership, this is in John chapter 12, they decide we have to kill Lazarus too, not just Jesus, because he's way too big a testimony for Jesus. This is the Jewish religious leadership conspiring to murder not just the Son of God, but the evidence. No one, when they stand before our Lord Jesus Christ, will ever be able to say, I didn't have enough evidence. I don't care who you are. I don't care what part of the world you lived in. Jesus will have presented himself in one way or another to you so that you will be responsible for whether you did or did not allow him to embrace you with his forgiveness and mercy. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God. and He's getting what he deserves. No, he's getting what you deserve in your place. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace that would bring peace to us was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. What is the outcome for us? Peace. We find a welcome with God, and we find full restoration, full healing we will We will not be welcomed into the presence of the holy god as 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 stumbling injured people know we will be there in the full full healing, body, soul, and spirit, whole before him, Healthy before him all we like sheep have gone astray all we all we all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way that is the uniform choice of the human race, left to ourselves. We will always serve ourselves. We will always go our own way. We will always be trying to make our own blessing. And it will always blow up in our face. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him. The Lord has declared his Holy Son, responsible for our sin. The Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Just as that Passover lamb, the Passover lambs that were being inspected in the temple, looking for any imperfection, any imperfection disqualified, only the perfect lambs, and then the sin of the offerer was placed on that lamb was transferred from the offerer to the sacrifice. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, transferred from us to him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Oppression is being treated unjustly by the legal authorities. He was oppressed. He was given an illegal trial by the Jewish leaders. She was absolutely against Jewish law to try anybody in the in darkness. All only during the daylight hours we were allowed to have a trial. Jesus was tried at night. They tried to get. <laughs> this is so hilarious. They tried. They coached witnesses. Because you had to have at least two witnesses saying the same thing. So they'd taken these guys off to the side, they coached them, coached them, coached them. Okay, now you come out with a united testimony against him, and they blew it every time. Total frustration to the Jewish. Okay, let's just take him to but they didn't have the right to execute anybody anyway, so let's take him to Pilate. And well, what are you accusing him of? Blah, blah blah blah. What? Blah blah blah. Just just crucify him. What are you accusing him of? Just crucify him. He was oppressed, he was given, and even Pilate said, I find no fault in this man, I'm washing my hands of the guilt of this man's blood. And the Jewish crowd, led by the Jewish leadership, cried out, let his blood be on us and on our children. Bad, bad, bad choice. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He did not speak to the Jewish accusers, before Pilate. Pilate asked him question after question after question. Why aren't you answering me? He was used, Pilate was used to having people grovel, begging for their lives, saying whatever they thought might work to escape crucifixion. And Jesus is saying nothing. Until finally, the only accusation they brought against Jesus that is true, if you can call it an accusation, is he claims to be the king of the Jews. And Pilate said, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus did reply to that, It is as you say, I am the king of the Jews. He was given an illegal trial. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. And one of the striking things, if you know anything about sheep, when you're shearing them or doing things with them that distress them out, they actually go silent. They don't start bleating and start yelling. No, they go silent. That's what sheep do. He opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as sheep before its shears is silent. And that's exactly what happens when you're shearing sheep. They go silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. That's a way of saying he was given an unjust trial. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? This is the end of him. What did the Jewish leadership think? As they brought him to, okay, he's going to be crucified and he is done for. We're done with him. And then they had that Illumination the day after Jesus' crucifixion, remember when they ran to Pilate and said, uh, uh, uh we just remembered. He said he was going to rise the third day. You need to put a guard on that tomb and seal the, seal the stone." <laughs> that didn't work either, as you know. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people. He was stricken. Even his own followers who heard him say over and over and over again, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of his enemies, and on the third day I will rise from the dead. And on the third day I will rise. And and it's just like it just went over their heads. Of course, I think that was a divine deafness. The only people at the grave other than the Roman soldiers were the women who came to deal with his carcass who had brought spices for that purpose. No, None of his followers were expecting what he had said would happen over and over and over. By the way, is that not a testimony? How many promises do we have here? How often are we surprised when God actually keeps them? I think we better not be too hard on the disciples. Who was taken from prison and from judgment and who will declare his generation. It looks like this is the end of him for he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, crucified between two thieves, two malefactors, but with the rich at his death. This is written 700 years before Jesus' birth. When his carcass was taken down off that cross, it was received by Joseph of Arimathea, who had gotten permission from Pilate, and by Nicodemus, and they... they out of sight of the women, apparently, because the women didn't know that this had already been done for Jesus. They took Jesus' carcass, did Joseph and Nicodemus, and they wrapped it with this extremely valuable linen cloth and placed the spices in the, fold, in the layers as they wrapped his body and placed him in Joseph's tomb. In fulfillment of Isaiah fifty three nine, why did suddenly when his when he said it is finished, Father, into your hands I dismiss my spirit, and then they the Romans we think he's already dead. I don't think we need to break his legs, and they drove a spear through his ribs, the, and the and the fluids were separating. The one thing Roman soldiers were experts in is who's dead and who's not. And when they saw the fluids separating, they knew that was the sure sign that Jesus had died. We don't need to break his legs, which fulfilled the scripture that said none of his bones were broken. They, with Pilate's permission, gave the carcass to Joseph and Nicodemus, who then took it away. Why is suddenly he treated in such an honorable way? Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, he had neither done anything or said anything worthy of suffering. And so now he can be honored. As we read this, a good question we might ask, and I would dare say as this is coming off the end of Isaiah's style, is, he's he, be Isaiah for a moment writing these words you've got to be shocked at what you're writing as the holy spirit moves your pen along moves your stylus along you've got to be shocked what in the world am i writing and now he says this this innocent one yet it pleased the lord to bruise him My holy, righteous God, this unjust treatment happens to his servant, his king's servant, and he's pleased? He has put him to grief? Reader, when you make his soul an offering for sin... When you make the travail, as he will say in a moment, when you make the laborer travail of his soul your sin offering, he, the holy God, shall see his seed. He shall see the outcome of what he did. He shall prolong his days. He will honor his son with everlasting authority in heaven and on earth. and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in His hand. Who is the day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day incessant blesser of all those who turn to Him in trust? It is God the Son, Jesus Christ. He, God the Father, shall see the labor, I like the old King James, the travail of His soul, and be satisfied satisfied in regard to what satisfied that this was the sufficient sacrifice to pay sin's penalty for me he shall see the labor the travail of his soul and be satisfied by his knowledge by our knowledge our embrace of him my righteous servant shall justify Many, for he shall bear their iniquities. And so we have a welcome before the just and holy God, in which we are declared by the just and holy God to be just and holy also. Also. For he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, God speaking, I will divide him a portion with the great. What did Jesus say to the apostles, Matthew 28? All authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I have stepped into the fullness of my promised inheritance. I will divide him, I, God the Father, will divide to him, God the Son, who became flesh, who paid sin's penalty for the human race, a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. And he will pour out upon his people great blessing. Out of his treasure, a blessing. What qualifies him? What did he do that enabled him to become the blesser of the human race because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors. He stood out shoulder to shoulder with us and took what was deserving to come to us. And he bore the sin, the sin penalty of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. This isn't very complimentary of us. We're sinners. We're transgressors. (laughs) But he did for us what we could not do for ourselves in any way, no chance. He did it. And this is the solid standing that we have before the Holy God fully, completely welcomed, embraced gladly by Him. Gladly. And we come now to the Lord's table where we commemorate this. Darren and Bob, would you join me? Going to ask Darren to give thanks for the broken body of our Lord. Father God, I just thank you. We thank you this day, Lord, for all that you've done for us, or that is by your will and your grace, Father, and not by anything in ourselves. Lord, that you saved us, called mm-hmm. us into your kingdom. Lord Jesus, uh, you prayed for us in John 17. That just as you are one with the Father, that we would be one with each mm-hmm. other. And so I thank you, Lord, and I pray that you would remind us in this communion that as we commune with you, Father, through the, the broken body and the blood of Jesus Christ, that we're also partaking in the communion together in the mm-hmm. body, by the same bread, by the same wine or two swords, that we would be one. And so help us to love you and be loved by you in the fullness of your will in Jesus' mighty name. Mm-hmm. Amen. Please retain the element until everyone's been served and then we will partake together. Uh, would you give thanks for the cup? I the in Thank Amen. The Apostle continues, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. I would invite you to stand and we will conclude with the simple chorus as i mentioned before of jesus paid it all jesus paid it all all to him i owe sin had left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow